sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, everybody. Again, it is Sports Business Los Angeles. Yours truly, Fred Wallen. Happy to have you aboard. You can email us, sportsfred at aol.com. And back after a week off, Thomas Hofarth, fine writer for the LA Times and Sports Business Journal. Tom, how are you feeling? And we're taping this Thursday at about 5 o'clock. How are you feeling? I'm doing good, Fred. How are you doing? Well, you know, <laughs> Philip Rivers moved to uh, it's Florida. It's always, always dicey to ask you how you're doing, Fred. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's it comes with age. Anyway, so Philip Rivers <laughs> moves to Florida, and somebody made a crack. And I usually don't listen to uh, various uh, many other talk shows or, or talk shows in general, but I happened to hear this one, and somebody said, you know, with Rivers moving to Florida, California might lose a representative or two because he has eight kids and a wife. Well, there is a property uh, tax issue there that's pretty appealing, too. Yeah, no property tax in the state of Florida, but obviously that means he's not re-signing with the Chargers. Is there a chance, chance in a million, a chance in a thousand, a chance in ten, Kaepernick? Oh, you know, L.A. is perfect, I think, perfect for a Kaepernick landing because of the you know the liberal biased liberal slant that we have here the the sort of the um acceptance of what Kaepernick stood for and what he still can bring to a team and you know the 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 stories about Rivers going to Florida maybe the Buccaneers or what's you know next for him that's fine I mean if he's moving on that's great I mean good for him and his family and you know, if Tom Brady is coming to the Chargers, that's the other hot rumor. You know, that uh, Chris Collinsworth sort of floated there on on a Sunday night game, and that's always in, enticing, especially when you're, you know your your team's moving into this brand new stadium and they need a headliner. The Chargers really don't have a headliner, and either Kaepernick or Brady would be phenomenal. I think I, for whatever they bring and forever baggage they come that comes with them, why not? I mean, each of them has a reason to want to play for the Chargers in Los Angeles at a new stadium. And Rivers, just the way he was, you know, throwing at the end of the last season, you know, maybe his days are, we've always talked about his days being numbered, but he just did not look like he, you know, was in rhythm with everything that was going on. So good for him if he wants to move on. Um, You know, I don't get a sense of of how this domino effect will happen, um, but, you know, you see, you just hear rumors. You start connecting dots, and this is what we're in this phase right now of just connecting dots. And and what does it mean for each person's uh, financial future, and where do they want to go from here? So, yeah, it, it, it's that's the off-season sport right now in Los Angeles, trying to figure who the next Chargers quarterback is, if not a draft pick as well, because they'll have a decent draft pick and have uh, the ability to take one of several outstanding quarterbacks who is available in this year's draft. 
I think, uh, yeah, that's uh, right on, too. But I'd love him to take Kaepernick. And since, you know, Kaepernick's political, let's uh, throw it there. Justin Jackson of the uh, Chargers, I found out, is a Bernie Sanders supporter. And he's making it quite clear that he's a Bernie Sanders supporter. Now, some people listening to this sports business, Los Angeles, say, hey, stay, keep politics out of sports. Fred disagrees. They've got uh, a, a place where they can speak up and do their thing, just like an entertainer. They are an entertainer. So I think uh, if you're Justin Jackson and you want to make your case for Bernie or if you wanted to make it for anybody else, I think she'd have every right to do so. And Kaepernick, if he wants to kneel against uh, police brutality, I think he has every right to do that. What does Tom Hofar think? Well, it, it, I don't base my political decisions or voting for president on what an athlete is going to tell me to do based on any more than I would an actor or anybody else. I mean, I, I take it that's that's the right we have in this in this country to, to state your who you're backing and why. And I, and I always think it's a great idea for people to exchange, you know, why they see somebody as, as a candidate that maybe would be better than another one. I mean, we've got a big pot of, of candidates right now discussing in the Democratic race, so why not? Um, I just found it interesting, the New York Times, you know, when, when they put their editorial team together, came up with two people, both women, and, yeah, you know, yeah. that's, that's to them. It's 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 kind of where we're at at this point. I mean, there's it's 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 a wide open race, and you know, I I don't I don't know uh, Justin Jackson well enough to 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 know what he stands for and what he believes in. But you know, I'll take his I'll take his opinion over you know just about anybody else. Uh, why not? Just, just as long as he's got something to, uh, to to base it on, let's hear it. Tom Hofarth, L.A. Uh... Uh, business Journal, Sports Business Journal, and of course the Los Angeles Times, three or four times a week as media column. And uh, uh, let's talk about, okay, let's go back to 2004. I'm going to set a different scenario. Eli Manning does not say he doesn't want to play in San Diego. Right, so, right. So, so Eli ends up in San Diego, and let's say Rivers ends up with the Giants. What happens over the last 16 years? It, well, Drew Brees was involved in that process too, right? I mean, yeah, it, yeah, eventually, yeah. Eventually, so you've had you, there was that great musical chairs there <laughs> that could have changed so many teams' fortunes. But for the Giants, I mean, when you when you look at uh, Eli Manning finishing with a, a 500 record in his career, but leading them to those championships, I mean, and the pedigree he has, how do you not vote for him for for Hall of Fame consideration? You know, however that process works. Um, it, it, it's, it's fascinating to see what could have been and what ended up happening with, with that rotation of quarterbacks. It's just like the, the whole Ryan Leaf, um, you know, draft pick, you know, years ago, what happened, you know, what happened to that team? What didn't happen to that? (laughs) So, (laughs) uh, it's going to happen again this year, I think with, uh, you know, with the, with the crop that's come in with Burroughs and, and Tua and uh, and I, I I'm a Fromm fan with Georgia, so I, I you know I if, if he landed in my lap, I wouldn't be ha- unhappy about that. So um, good picks out there and, right. and good choices, and then that's just the fun of football and how things end up. All right, so Manning Eli retires, and uh, you just said it. You're, you'd vote for him for the Hall of Fame. Uh, Rivers needs a title to get the Hall of Fame, right? Probably, and. Uh, his body of work is pretty good. He's, he's probably in that very good Hall of Fame, but, um, you know, the Chargers Hall of Fame, whenever they have. Um, but, yeah, Rivers 
And it's not impossible for him to win a title with somebody else put in the right situation. It's just that, you know, it's, I don't think it's going to be Tampa Bay, but, you know, Indianapolis, who knows? That, I, I thought Indianapolis was a better spot for him to sort of direct toward, but, but you know, who knows what direction these guys are. Until these guys start actually talking about why they want to go places and for what reason, um, you know, we're going to be left to speculate. And, and always, to me, money is a very big op- driving object for people, but with Rivers it seems to be his family situation. So that's why see, I don't think it'll be anywhere outside of the state of Florida because that's where he moved. I, I, yeah. really believe, I, I think he's cut his options down to Tampa, Jacksonville, or Miami just, just, right. just, just based on that. Um, right. You know, whatever the case might be, which means, of course, that uh, let's just say he goes to the Dolphins. You've got Fitzpatrick who's older than he is. And then you've got uh, Rosen from UCLA. What what has happened to him? That's funny how he just sort of got lost in this whole shuffle. Yeah. You know, Phoenix didn't give him much of a shot, and the Dolphins, whenever he played, he's you know he, he obviously wasn't going to play behind that offensive line very long. So with with Rosen, I think is he's always a wild card in this situation for any team. I mean, that wants a quarterback. Why couldn't the Chargers, you know, take a chance on him and make make him sort of you know their big play you know, if, if things don't work out for anybody else? Because if Rivers leaves and they don't get Brady, you know, they're going to be kind of left with needing a drawing card. And, and why not Rosen at that point? That's Tom Hofarth of the uh, Los Angeles Times. I am Fred Wallen of uh, right here on Believe uh, Los Angeles and the Sports Biz Believe. You can email us, sportsfred at AOL.com, sportsfred at AOL.com. All right, I mentioned Rosen from UCLA. Last time I checked, I don't have the exact number here, more than a dozen UCLA kids with eligibility have either gone the transfer portal route or have left early under the tutelage of Chip Kelly. Now, my thought would be, you know, if one or two kids leave, okay, you're not giving me enough chances. You're not giving me enough opportunity to play. I understand that. But if 12 or 13 or even more leave, what does that tell you about the coaching situation at UCLA? Yeah, I don't know why that hasn't been a bigger story, and it, it sends up a huge red flag, especially when there's, you know, there's no reason for kids to stay around if the team is going to continue to to not play bowls year after year, or at least show signs of improvement. And because Chip Kelly does not seem to be showing that, I don't understand why there's not this big move or this big outcry in Los Angeles. But mostly because it seems to be a fifth or sixth priority with everything else that's going on. I'm and, and then you've got UCLA's basketball team now, you know, in, in, in a situation where they're losing players, key players like O'Neal, which to me seems very odd considering that the school kind of helped pulled him back together with his heart condition. It seems like loyalty doesn't really work on a, a two-way street anymore. I mean, that's got to that's got to be a, a a horrible situation he went through, but then comes out of it and says, "Yeah, well, I'm ready to move on." I mean, how, how does somebody like UCLA, a follower of UCLA, sort of absorb any of this information anymore how do you sort of reconcile what's going on with basketball and with football well that's my point and, and yeah. if, you t- if you take a look at dan guerrero who's leaving in may maybe he should be impeached right now um <laughs> uh, just just take a just no, seriously cardarell no, horrible thing he's legacy that he's leaving at the end of his career cardarell has never coached before uh new Heizo cheated everywhere he's been uh mora who's just barely average and Kelly, where 12 or 13 or 14 kids are 
running away after the second year. They go through a three and nine and four and eight. And you just mentioned Sharif and, and uh, basketball and Mick and Mick Cronin, which you know the basketball thing is even more important, obviously. Um, but it, but it, but here is my thought: a coach has a certain style, but if his kids don't play to that style, you can't. You got to change your ways instead of asking the kids to change their ways. And it's basically run and shoot uh, here in Southern California. And again, you know, this, and this is a true story, Tom Ofer. I swear to you. I'm watching the the second football game on Sunday, and I see a blurb on my iPhone, 50 to 40, and I think it's halftime. UCLA beating Cal. That's the end of the game. They win yeah. 50 to 40. Yeah. That's not going to yeah. sell. That's not going to sell the folks who go to UCLA basketball, is it? No, and and nor should it, because that was Ben Howland's big problem when he was the the head coach there. You know, he's, he had the track record of getting teams to final eights and final fours, but he did it, you know, through the most boring process possible. And if that's your only way of, of surfing and navigating the, the, the way basketball's played, then that's, that's, that's a dreadful way to do it. And it's never going to sell tickets. And it's just a horrible thing to watch, but uh, that can't be, you know, what you aspire to be as a UCLA coach. As we tape this at 5 PM on Thursday, the Bruins play at eight o'clock tonight. At Corvallis, the Beavers of Oregon State, pretty good team, very well coached, right. and his right. son's the best player in Trinkle. Uh, they were a seven-and-a-half-point favorite versus UCLA. <laughs> now, think about that now. I mean, John Wooden is listening in. He's turning in his grave, is he not? Well, he already did when when Fullerton beat them earlier this season. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, there were seven-and-a-half. And again, you know, in the last uh, 15 times Oregon State and UCLA have met. You ready for this? Against the spread now, Oregon State, 12-2-1 against the Bruins. Explain that. I mean, if, you, if, you're, if you're a kid with basketball skills, now I've been to Corvallis. It's a, you know, the people are wonderful. When I used to work at KX in Portland, beautiful, you know, everything, you know, just like Eugene. But the point is, if you've got a choice between oh, yeah. Southern California and Corvallis, Oregon, and you go to Corvallis, Oregon, what does that tell you about UCLA? It tells you that the people going to Corvallis are more interested in cow milking contests than winning basketball. But UCLA is now is getting milk for all its great players. You've you've got guys deciding that the Pac-12 in in total is not competitive. So if you want to get seen, like we were talking about recently, you go to San Diego State or Gonzaga. That's that's where you're going to get more TV time and more high profile. And a school like Baylor is number one in the country right now. That just shows how wide open anything is. I mean, there's there's no loyalty to the big name schools like we were talking about with North Carolina and that mess that's over there now. It's 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 a, it's a whole different world of, of sports we're watching with college basketball. All right, uh, let's switch uh, to um, the Dodgers and the L.A. City Council <laughs> stating that uh, they think the Dodgers should get the 2017 uh, World Series, and so the Red Sox have not been proven guilty at this point, so they haven't mentioned that yet, but I'm sure the City Council will then say we want the 218. Also, Rob Manfred, right. the commissioner, says no way, no how. And, and my first thought would be I don't care – Yay or nay, it wouldn't mean anything really. But B, no. uh, the Yankees played the Astros before the Dodgers played the Astros in 217. 
Why wouldn't the Why wouldn't the Yankees get the World Series crown? Remember, they if they cheated the Dodgers, they cheated the Yankees assuredly also. So how can you just say the Dodgers are the one? Then what about everybody in the American League who played them going up, uh, or the Red Sox in 218 if they're proven guilty? Well, what, yeah. Who played this them? I mean, I, I, this isn't Little League where I was thinking about how back in the what was it the 70s or 80s when the Long Beach Long Beach Little League team was given the World Series title because the other team was found to have ineligible players. Nobody wants to win something like that. They actually went out the next year and won the title, but you don't you don't want to be handed the title like that. I mean, the only justice you can have is if the title is vacated. And you know, MLB baseball already has one of these situations. Nineteen ninety four, when it vacated the World Series because of the lockout and the players' union situation. So, to me, the only justice that can happen at the end of this, and when the Red Sox investigation is done, I think that you know has to be an option is those two teams have to vacate those titles, and the asterisk goes in the book. And not that you elevate any team, the Dodgers or any other team, but you just at least say, this has got to be the deterrent. You take away the title, because otherwise, right now, you're just, you're just saying, all right, yeah, we, we're, we're fining you, people are going to get fired. But uh, what's the deterrent? The players, there's no players been implicated in any of this, because they, they've been used as the, as the ones who are giving up information. But... <laughs> There's just so much left that have, hasn't been decided yet. And to me, when the, when the season starts in March, late March and April, and if things are still up in the air, there's going to be a, a bunch of in, internal hostility between anybody who plays the Astros. And I think they open the season against the Angels. Um, what do, how do players react to the players that are still on that team? The, the, the Astro players can't even defend themselves when they're interviewed right now in the offseason about you know what they did and how they're involved with They're just completely uh, tight-lipped about anything because they don't know you know wh- what page they're on anymore so we've got to see this thing play out it's just, this thing is far from over as far as i'm concerned in but demanding a title be handed to you because another team cheating well you know that that's we're better than that and baseball is better than this and baseball has to figure out a, a, a just cause because it has to be a deterrent for future people i mean Again, this is happening 100 years exactly after the, the Black Sox scandal. And what have we learned from history? It doesn't seem like anything. Tom, in 60 seconds, uh, Mike Fires uh, was on that Astro team in 217, and he squealed. And uh, some people say congratulations. Other people say you're a rat. In 60 seconds, uh, Mike Fires making his comments. Well, he can't be the only one who knew what was going on, but to me, the thing that I saw Jessica Mendoza get kind of nailed for yeah. and yeah. and um, somebody else recently, oh, is Pedro Martinez, were saying that he should have gone to the team, he should have gone to everybody else before he went public with it. Well, we don't even know if he did or not because he hasn't spoken since then. And any other player who's gone, you know, who left the team and said, hey, you got to watch out, this is what the Astros and what the Red Sox have been doing, you know, it's got to be known internally that that's what's going on. So, Fires to finally say, hey, listen, maybe I'm not being heard internally. I got to go public with this. I mean, good for him. I mean, somebody had to do it. And if if his if he's willing to put his career at stake, great for him. I don't see any any other major people doing this. So it's one of those things that you just got to tip your hat to him. And maybe he didn't want to go public with it. He tried every outlet he could, but uh, you know you can't fault him for for trying to level the playing field back again and saying this just isn't fair. I'm competing now against the Astros and they know my stuff, and that's just not fair. And finally, right here on Sports News, believe Tom Hofarth tonight at eight o'clock, UCLA basketball against, as indicated, Oregon State, and I will watch it 
because it's on Fox Sports 1. There you that go. means no Bill Walton. <laughs> and with yeah, that, I think <laughs> I put on my website, I put which games Bill's doing each week because I think people need to know. It's, it's, it's usually two Pac-12 games every weekend, and we just got to figure out, hopefully it's not your team, right? Tom Holforth, as usual, did a great job, and uh, we'll read you every day in the well, three or four times a week in the Los Angeles Times, and I uh, get the Sports Business Journal. So, Tom Holforth, stay well, and we'll talk to you next week right here on Sports Biz Believe Los Angeles. Thank you, Fred. Thank you, Tom Holforth. Thank you, Mario, for putting this show together, and everybody, listen to all the shows on Believe, and please listen to this one, and if you agree, disagree, email us, sportsfred at AO.com. Back next week, right here on Sports Business Believe. I'm Fred. You're not. Bye, everybody. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save